Hello and welcome to the First Issue Club Podcast, where your weekly comic book reading club that, man, you love us. I'm going to start over again. Stop now. No, what? we're keeping this. <laughs> All right, if you say so. I I just had a hard time getting through this one. Um, we're on, what, our 11th show? And folks, I, I can't even explain to you what's happening right now. This is our, this is no joke. This is our 300th episode. Mm-hmm. And we've done the intro more times to this than I can possibly imagine in the history of First Issue Club. I am beside myself. Why are you so nervous? We do this all the time. I, it's not nerves. You're just trying to find your rhythm. Yeah, exactly right. Now I don't have it. Rest of the show is going to be in the dirt pile. <laughs> the problem, dirt no. pile? That's not even a thing. <laughs> the dirt pile is. Is it? It is now. I guess it's a pile of dirt, right? Yeah, I'll make a shirt. But it's, not a, club shirt. but it's not a saying, I don't think. The problem is once you fumble it once, you're going to fumble it 20 times. I think you know? you, No, I think you got out of your system. You beat your yips. Because just like Sue Storm, we love a good read. Oh, man, I didn't get to say it. <laughs> oh, fuck. oh, okay, well, welcome back. Uh, 300th episode. Congratulations, guys. Woo! <sighs> Still can't afford a soundboard with an audience cheer. Mm-hmm. We're going to oh. see if uh, Venom shows up. <laughs> yeah. The big th- 300. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got a Todd McFarlane cover for this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, uh, the incentive variants are... Getting pretty out of control. The Peach Pomoka one is gorgeous. Yeah, the, the one in 5,000. Yeah, she made us look good. Depending on the hour of day your podcast app downloads the episode, mm-hmm. you'll be getting a different uh, piece of podcast art Yeah, that we commissioned for thousands of Thousand, dollars We each. spent about $20,000 mm-hmm. on different uh, yeah. commissions for I the- Unloaded my 401k. Uh-huh. And they're all NFTs. Yeah, I had to get a 401k <laughs> and then cash it out. God, you know, if there's one thing I could do over in life, it would have been just unload as much money as I could on NFTs and Bitcoin earlier. Yeah. And then just tank the market. <laughs> just <laughs> just really do a GameStop on them. Pull a GameStop. It's a good uh, do you know that, phrase. That's getting a movie. Yeah. I I just saw Paul Dano is like starring in it as like the the Dorco who, lead lead nerd lead yeah. nerd <laughs> who uh, tricked everyone into buying GameStop. You know stock. it would be cool, guys. <laughs> what if the Riddler bought Bitcoin? That's essentially <laughs> what it is. Yeah, riddle me this, crypto bro. I'm just imagining the guy, <laughs> this lead character in in real life when this thing is like happening and people are mobilizing i put in quotes because it's online like this the guy who organized the thing could possibly have not spoken to another human being for like days on end right because all of this happened online mm-hmm. i would love to see a movie where you just it's like an just hour of Paul a mouse. typing on a very clicky keyboard clearing his throat <laughs> <clears throat> and then going like yes yeah. every once in a while <laughs> you know we make fun of that guy, but mm-hmm. he's a millionaire, and we're sitting in a very warm studio. Is he? Did he keep his money from that? Yeah, I think he, he yeah, got out he, before he, he it got crashed. out. Yeah, <laughs> which is yeah. That's kind of. Do people hate him for that? I don't know or care. Can you? Yeah. Can you hate anyone who wins in the stock market? Only to a certain amount, right? I think if I, you, yeah. I feel like the whole deal was to. <laughs> Write it out, right? The, the, I believe you're right. I think the 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 
call to arms was just like, hold out as long as you can. Yeah. We'll then, show the market. And then the guy who's really driving And things. the guy who led the thing walked away with a bunch of money. Well, <laughs> yeah. I'm, so part of it was is they were investing using Robinhood, if you remember. The app that no longer exists because they fucked because it. they crashed the market. <laughs> but if you remember, like, halfway through this whole thing, when it started going really off the rails. Robinhood shut it down. Yeah, they started limiting what you could or how many stocks in yeah. GameStop you could buy right. or per account or whatever. So when when it started making the nightly news, it yeah. was it was dead in the water. Yeah. yeah. So cuz which is which is really messed up to be like hey the wrong people are making money. Right. Yeah, dude, you know that, what I mean? Well, that was the whole point of the thing. Yeah, it's, it's like, like every, yeah. the the other people are playing the game the way it's supposed to be played and we're fine with that, but when <laughs> yeah. When you find out how to play the game a different way, we're like, mm. oh, we got to shut it down. Well, yeah, it's not even that. It's just like uh, it was highlighting how corrupt the stock market really kind of is with yeah. insider trading and just like kind of- uh, and how it's all made up money anyway. Right, yeah. And this is the kind of shit we're talking about in every episode of First Issue Club, so go back and listen to the yeah. full catalog of episodes. <laughs> this where... is our final recap of the Robin Hood <laughs> uh, GameStop <laughs> Uh, you know, highway to hell. This is just the shit we get into on our comic book show. Well, fine. I'll bring up some comic book news. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's not comic book news. I misspoke. <laughs> it's book news. Okay. Marvel is teaming up with Penguin, Random House, whatever, mm-hmm. and they're releasing novel, what if novels, original books. Okay, so this confused me because they are also coming out with dark what if Comic books. Correct. Okay. These are separate. Yes, obviously. But they are they are novels. Mm-hmm. They are for adults. No pictures. No pictures. No uh, dystopian futures where teens kiss. That's for children. Mm-hmm. What book is that? <laughs> like every, every <laughs> YA novel. Fifty Shades of Grey. Every Hunger Games. Oh, Hunger Games. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but they, Runner. Yeah, any of them. Runner. They've announced. I was just like, that's not Vampire Diaries. What the fuck are you talking about? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> now, yeah, Vampire's Kissing. I'm into that. <laughs> They've announced three so far. The first one is going to be Loki. Mm-hmm. And it's what if what if Loki was worthy. Oh, okay. Which is, and that's uh, like, a they're all like a team up books. Mm-hmm. So this is what if Loki was worthy, a Loki and Valkyrie story. Okay. That comes out in March. Who's, does it say who's writing? Madeline Rue. Okay. Don't know who that is. Mm-mm. Uh the second one is uh out in July and it's what if Wanda Maximoff and Peter Parker were siblings? Uh, oh. So that's interesting. Scarlet Witch and Spider-Man. Imagine writing a whole book about that. I have. <laughs> if they steal my fucking OP, I'm going to be <laughs> livid. Do not steal. Spider-Witch. <laughs> Greg's OP. Uh, and Scarlet Web. The third one is the one that really gets me there. Mm-hmm. What if Mark Spector was a host to Venom? Oh, so Moon Venom. Yeah. Okay. Venom Knight. Ooh, already exists. All right. Here's yeah. my thing. All these. That sounds specifically like a fun visual bit. I agree. And that's. It's not going to be. It's visual of the mind. You're telling me that's all like a prose novel. Yeah. Have you read any of the Marvel's pro stuff? No. I think Marvel I'm was- not interested. Marvel was really upset that they couldn't corner the intellectual market. So they're like, we got to boot these pictures out of here. 
Because every book club I go to, they're just like, oh my God, I want to learn about Spider-Man, but all these fucking pictures are in the way. <laughs> it's true. What do we say every episode, guys? We say- Fuck the, these pictures. The worst part of this comic is the pictures. Is all these pictures get in the way of the words. All the art is the worst part. I, uh, you know, all these superhero books- are ruining the novel industry. <laughs> yeah, really crippling <laughs> it's it. Oversaturated. Everyone thought it was manga. Nope. Just too many books. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. Uh, I will not be reading any of these. I'm not interested. So, are you guys? So I read um, Marguerite Stoll's Black Widow books that she did, mm-hmm. and I think those were geared toward like a teen audience, but. They were cool spy stories. Yes. Um, and I think those are the only Marvel prose stuff that I've read. I'm and definitely... she writes comics. Yes. She That's has... the other thing. It's like, yeah, maybe if Al Ewing was writing a yeah. Hulk novel, I'd be like, oh, I got to check that out just to see what it sure. is. Like if James Tunyon did a novel, I'd be like, oh, okay. Or like Grant Morrison. I could see Grant Morrison doing a novel. Like, Hell totally yeah. fine. Uh, Grant, Grant Morrison has written novels, hasn't he? He wrote a nonfiction. I know. Sorry, yeah. they wrote a nonfiction. He wrote like a textbook. Yeah. True. Yeah. Super gods. How it's really to good. open the universe's door? I would read that book. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'll I'll pick up the Moon Knight one for sure, just because it sounds so interesting. Yeah. You're a Moon Knight chill, so you're correct. And I don't I don't mean that in a bad way. No. I'm, just just I, like I'm a madman chill. If yeah. there's any like madman, I'm probably gonna pick it up. Uh, okay, cool, interesting. Marvel novels. Yeah. If anybody picks up the the Loki one, that one comes out in Not March just Marvel first. novels, Marvel what-if novels. Sure. What a weird thing. Yeah, like, like what, why make them what-if? Like, if they're not going to be canon anyway. Right. But that's, I mean, that's an easy way to keep them... Kind of fun and light and no... Yeah, and... and it's, continuity. Yeah, you can have people dive in without, like, expecting... Mm-hmm. The Loki that they know. You know, what if Loki was worthy? Okay, it's going to be a story about Loki and Valkyrie teaming up to fight, I don't know, something, right? Yeah. It's a way to do origin stories in a new way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What if Thor's arms were snakes? Wouldn't it be cool if Thor was the god of lies? Thor shows up, mm. and he's he's the baddie. More like the god of thighs. Vava, <laughs> oh! Vava, vava. Crush me, daddy. Where them got a thighs as earmuffs, you know what I mean? <laughs> I can hear the ocean. <laughs> oh, you're just hungry. Mm-hmm. Rumbly belly. Yeah, very much. Uh, any other news that you... you We wanted to talk about Transformers because last, yeah, yeah, last episode... Yeah. 299 was the, the episode where Greg went crazy and talked to the wall for about 35 minutes. <laughs> you did a great job, buddy. Thank Bravo. you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, I don't want to do it again. <laughs> We, we won't make you. I don't get people who do podcasts or TV shows like that. Yeah. It's very alarming and like just kind of it throws you off because- You got to write a script. Well, yeah. Like I can't work off of anyone. Like uh, this show works well because we can chat with one another and, you know, play off of that. Me staring at the wall <laughs> at my own reflection in the computer- wasn't the same. Yeah. You're just in a vacuum with your conservative agenda, with Seriously. no one challenging you. <laughs> These liberal mutants. 
<laughs> Snowflakes are at it again, folks. <laughs> Just the like, there is something. The of... woke Krokoan agenda. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there is something. Whenever I hear someone who's just like going on a solo um, speaking to the world. Yeah. There, there's a different way you talk than when you're talking to other people in a room. Mm-hmm. And it just strikes my ear as conservative immediately, no right. matter what they're talking about. It's just, I've been, my brain has been so trained mm-hmm. to recognize that sort of patter yep. as like conservative radio. It's like, yeah, it's NPR with more sibilance. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It's like, yeah, it's it's Ira Glass with Edge. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like, it's, it's dad after two beers. <laughs> Like yeah. right before bed, yeah. <laughs> Just like, well, back in my day, uh, listen, we knew how to change our own oil, and Cheerios costing ten cents. It's like, okay, Dad, put down your margarita. <laughs> time to go inside. Time, time for bed. <laughs> margarita, <laughs> margarita. This. <laughs> I love that this uh, conservative dad character is is drinking a margarita. Cons- conservative dads. <laughs> Fact check me on this. Love margaritas. Is that right? Well, he can't be drinking Bud Light. That's nope. for goddamn yeah. sure. Kid Rock told him he can't drink Bud Light. And there's nothing that says I'm an independent person than listening to someone else say what you can and can't do. Yeah. I just happen to agree with everything they say, Greg. Absolutely. Because I thought for myself and did my own research. Now, when I go to church every Sunday and I get on my <laughs> knees and I say, ball with the ball, the bang to bang, diggy diggy, Kid Rock... I open my heart, so come fix me, quickie, quickie. I did it all for the nookie. I did it all. That's that's Limp Bizkit. That's Limp Bizkit. And Limp Bizkit is far from conservative. All the, yeah, um, moral intersection of all those worlds in in your church. What a ride that guy's been on. Mm -hmm. So Transformers. (laughs) Okay, so yeah, so we did talk about Transformers and Void Rivals in 299, but... You also read it, so I want to bring yeah. it back up again about um, was it like was the reveal spoiled for you? <sighs> yeah, it was. Yeah. Bummer. Fuck. Well, you know, comic book resources or IGN or whoever posted that second print variant like the oh. day the book came out. Yeah, which was really irritating. Mm-hmm. Um, I put that book on my list just because it was a new Robert Kirkman. Same. I like that, folks. If you ever see a new Robert Kirkman book that doesn't have any description, yeah. put it on your fucking pull list yeah. because it's going to be fire. Yeah, it's going to be something. I honestly would have been less likely to buy it if I knew it was a G.I. Joe or whatever else thing. Well, uh, that's... see, I didn't pick it up because it was a Transformers yeah. G.I. Joe thing. It was just like new space adventure from Robert Kirkman. I was like, fuck it, I'm in. And that's, I mean, I think that was a good trick. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was a trick. Whatever. It was a good marketing ploy because it got me interested in the story and then it was like, oh, hey, this book mm. takes place in a universe that is shared with G.I. Joe and Transformers. And the and the crazy thing is the Void Rivals characters aren't going to be interacting with Transformers or G.I. Joe at all. Right. They're just like space hopping now. Yeah. And they may intersect with planets and species that have like been mentioned in Transformers and G.I. Joe's, but like... Well, the, it's its own fucking separate space opera. Then Cobra even I, I get mean, into outer space. Yes. 
I'm just thinking they're a very like earthbound story, right? Why do space they space snakes? Why do they even intersect with a, like a space opera thing? Well, that that was what the back material said is mm-hmm. you, you're the story's going to go on and you're going to figure out that like okay. and yeah. they they dropped hints that like this story takes place like millions of years mm-hmm. even in the future of Transformers. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I read a Robert Kirkman interview and he was just like imagine this as like an ultimate style like from Marvel soft reboot cool like we're gonna be retelling some older stories with some new twists you're gonna see some familiar characters but like think of it as like the the ultimate universe for this new Skybound series which is brilliant like an easy way to get new readers and old readers into Transformers yeah and G.I. Joe and Cobra yeah and G.I. Joe and so I guess the 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 bit is or the story is transformers have been on earth they're like still underground like fossils or something like they haven't been awoken yet yeah and gi joe and cobra fossils <laughs> just like <laughs> oh yes the truckosaurus fossils <laughs> just like trash under the ground and being like those are robot fossils <laughs> Autobots, wash off. Satan put those there. (laughs) Satan put that Autobot there to deceive me. The world is only 10,000 years old. (laughs) Is it just me or is that robot disguised? (laughs) (laughs) Folks, don't believe the Autobot agenda. (laughs) You heard it here, folks. The Energon conspiracy... Coming from the highest ranks of Unicron all the way down to the smallest Gobot. Um, They're here to steal our precious American oil. That's their blood, don't you know? Uh, okay, Interjohn. Energon. 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 Yeah. Robert Kirkman's e- calling an Energon. E N E R G O N. G O N. Energon. Can you use it in a sentence? What the hell does that mean? Where does that come from? Do we it, know? Well, Energon is like the lifeblood of the Transformers. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'd never heard that term before. Mm-hmm. Energon is the thing that they are fighting for. Think of it as like reverse kryptonite for Superman. Okay. Yeah. It's a, it's what gives them like their soul. Yeah. Uh-huh. But uh, it's it's it comes from their planet, mm-hmm. Energon. Ener- no. Mm, I don't know. Whatever. Comes from their home planet okay. that was destroyed because they were warring over the Energon. And now it's like it blew up and they came to Earth to find more Energon. Were they semi-trucks on their alien planet? Yes. Yeah. They looked like <laughs> Yeah, they looked like American Dodge Chargers. <laughs> <laughs> they got like wave went wave uh, signals from like Earth like just, they were just like, "Well, I'll be damned, we fit right in here." Yeah. God. Damn, that fucking Chevelle is sweet. I'm going to transform into that. Yeah, I always thought it would have made more sense if they were like, they they were robots who could turn into other things. And yeah. then came, On Energon, they're just robots there, then, just guys. And they, <laughs> robots here, just guys. <laughs> um, and then they come to Earth yeah. and then see automobiles, other things, and they're like, oh, it's like goddamn, we gotta fuck that. I'll download, I'll download that into my conscious and then turn into it. Look at the holy bumper. shit! There's, there's so many guys here. <laughs> yeah, why are those small creatures getting inside of them? If they were like um, disgusting, like I think they make more sense as mechanical versions of mess mystique. 
or yes. something. Like if they could turn into anything mechanical. And I think some of them can. I think some Transformers, actually, I think some of the Decepticons have like a cloaking ability. Okay. Where they can just go like, there is a fire hydrant, and they're just like, they can mimic that or whatever. Again, I'm talking out of my human ass because I have no idea what any of the Transformers can do. Yeah, some of them like uh, sh- sh- Shockwave. You know, mm-hmm. they can turn in like a boombox. He has a boombox and he's got little tape cassettes yeah. that turn into other smaller transformers. He just plays salt and pepper all the whole all day. <laughs> push it. But push it real good. This is Shockwave's jam. <laughs> I learned how to play that little push it riff on keyboard when I was young. And I would just play it over been, and over and, and over. I've been and drowning in it since. <laughs> My grandma's piano. Ping, 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 ping. Hey, Mike, what's that funky tune you got going on there? Nothing, Grandma. It's out of tune. Yeah, piano, playing Push It. Um, but the interesting thing about this uh, series is Daniel Warren Johnson is writing and drawing the Transformers book. Yeah. Which, for me, is incredible. Yeah. Uh, I, I've loved DWJ for a long time, ever since like Murder Falcon and... Uh, Extremity? Did he? Yeah. yeah. And so to see him just like come into this whole fucking universe thing where he can take over is very titillating. And isn't Philip Kennedy Johnson doing, what is it, Duke and Cobra? No. So Williamson, Joshua Williamson, Joshua Williamson. is doing yeah. Duke and um, Cobra Commander. That's right. And then I want to say, uh, fuck, we talked about it in the Discord, the original writer of G.I. Joe American Hero is taking it something oh fuck i'm gonna get just screamed at <laughs> i can't think of it right now but the, like the original writer for yeah. gi joe is gonna be uh uh, uh, uh Doing something it. yes for oh, Skybound. Cool. god 300 at that episode and i forgot how to talk that's cool mm-hmm. yeah i'm i'm kind of stoked about this um i again i think it was a good move to disguise this book pun intended yeah to robots and disguise this book <laughs> um and then kind of let the cat out of the bag at the end of the book yeah i thought that was really cool um i will do a mm-hmm. reverse of this an uno reverse card uh when we talk about one of the books that i read this week where they didn't do that and i think they could have and it would have been better oh i don't know if that makes sense it but, does but we'll get to it yeah should we just cannonball into that let's okay Splash. So, one of the books I read was Godzilla, Here Be Dragons. Oh, okay. I really wanted to read this, but didn't get a chance to, so I'm, I'm excited that you're covering it. Yeah. So, the elevator pitch for the book is Godzilla, but in pirate times. Done. You've struck oil. Yeah. I hate it. <laughs> what? Unbelievable. Godzilla is meant to be an allegory for our changing times and a commentary on pollution and radiation. Uh-huh. Now our... you sound like me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, actually, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with you. Mm-hmm. This is violating the spirit of my what thunder monster? What is Godzilla? Thunder lizard. Thunder no. lizard. Wait a minute. Yeah, wasn't Godzilla? Created because of all the nuclear testing and yeah. stuff? Y- yeah. Or Awoken? Was he Awoken? No, I think he was just a plain old little lizard boy. <laughs> he, he was just like a little gecko someone got from the grocery yeah. store, and he got zapped by 
nuke radiation. Mm-hmm. Probably depends on what continuity you're talking about, would be my guess. Mm. But in any case, so this book. I'm talking about the actual continuity, the original. <laughs> the real the, continuity. The one the founders wanted. <laughs> <laughs> The founding father's interpretation the, uh, yeah, of Godzilla. George Washington uh, knows what I'm talking <laughs> yeah, about. If you could time travel him here now, he would have strong opinions on this. Ben Franklin's like, what the fuck with pirates? Uh, Jesus. This comic's ruining my childhood. <laughs> I didn't chop down a cherry tree for this. Made my wooden teeth are out of here. So so the book takes place in pirate times. Yes, okay. And the... the <laughs> The framing device is this pirate's in custody with the British. It takes place in Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. He's in custody, and he's like- Jack Sparrow's there. He's kind of Jack Sparrow. Oh, fuck. But he's like, you know, uh, going to be hanged, and he's like, if yeah. you, I, I'm going to tell you this story, and you're going to let me go. And the guys are like, what are you talking about? Pip, pip, cheerio. And My ex-wife hit me. <laughs> And he tells this story about... He's so damaged, we can't hurt him anymore. <laughs> then he's already hurt. <laughs> I can fix him. <laughs> that's, that's, what, that's what Godzilla said. Yeah. So he tells this story about, like, stolen pirate gold, gets buried, mm, on, yeah. gets buried on Monster Island. Oh, nice. And then Sir Francis Drake goes in search of that gold. Mm-hmm. And what they should have done with this is called it, like... Here be dragons, mm-hmm. and left Godzilla off, and then the, the Godzilla is the kicker at the end. Yeah, ha That's what they should have done. Yeah. Um. So is like King Kong gonna end up in this thing? I no. I think they're going with the original interpretation of Monster Island, where it's uh-huh. like Rodan and Mothra. Also, all those he wouldn't have been fucking born yet. King Kong, give me a break. Yeah, he's just a big gorilla. He's just My... a giant fucking monkey. Yeah, I think he lives a normal eighty-year <laughs> lifespan. Don't try to gussy it up. There's only one impervious and immortal thunder lizard of the sea. Hey, if I can dish it, I have to take it. <laughs> he's the original Cthulhu. Uh. So that they, they again, like I said, they pulled a flip flop of Void Rivals, where they let the cat yeah. out of the bag. Yeah. Like the, if Void Rivals title. was just called Void Rivals. Also, there's Transformers in here. Yeah, if it, yeah, if it was called Transformers, GI <laughs> Joe Rivals. Here be Transformers, <laughs> yeah. Void Rivals. Yeah. Uh, not that this book like was disserviced by announcing the fact that it was Godzilla. Yeah, like the story was still interesting. The the reveal you wish of, it would have played a little harder to get. Yeah, the you reveal I mean? of Godzilla yeah. at the end was still cool because they're like, oh yeah, here's the island, we're gonna get the gold, and then Godzilla like rises from the sea, very yeah. cool. But it would have been way more effective if they would have left Godzilla out of the. Now is this a one shot or is it uh, like a mini? No, it's a mini. Okay, for sure. Um, I think more comics should take a chance on doing stuff like that because you could say that well, not many people are gonna pre-order it as they would have if you put. Godzilla on the title if you don't put Godzilla in the title but um, also a great you, cover to this book if you don't put this is the B cover nice. by Kirkman or it, uh, Kirkham sorry Tyler Kirkham if you don't put Godzilla on the cover and you make the title something weird you probably sell more of this in second and third printings totally for sure like oh the overall selling is just like oh I missed this thing it was a low print run it builds excitement about the book yeah and people take it a little more seriously because it Yes. Doesn't look like an IP grab thing. Yeah. 
Yeah. So word to all the comic publishers out there. Tease us a little bit. Like, yeah. make it not so easy. You could probably only... I, I bet we see more of this after Void Rivals. Yes. And I bet we get... Secret Smurf book. <laughs> <laughs> I bet we get tired of it after, like... A it, year. <laughs> it happens, after it happens for a year where we're just like, okay, now I got to pre-order every weird book because it might turn into, like... I'm fucking broke. Yeah, like an ALF uh, secret <laughs> Don't fucking kid. Uh, so fr- Frank Terry is writing it. Very cool. Which is very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I think, Mike, to your point, it's an IDW book, mm-hmm. so I don't think they have as many dice to roll as maybe <laughs> no. Image does. Yeah. There's a lot of empty cubicles right now yeah. in IDW. Yeah, so I I wish they would have I wish they would have you know taken that chance yeah. and and kind of tease us a little bit because having a cool pirate story with you know, maybe you tease that there's a dragon, like a real life sea monster at the end, and then it ends up being Godzilla. Like that's enough for me to read that book. Yeah, for sure. But I don't know. It it was a good book. I would say definitely go pick it up if you're a fan of our our favorite lizard boy. It was a good book. <laughs> it's a very good book. Uh, and yeah, well, as Greg said, the Tyler Kirkham cover is definitely the one to get. Mm-hmm. But there's a cool wraparound, too, that they didn't have at my store, or I probably would have gotten that one. How much was that? I don't know. It wasn't at my store, or I would have gotten it. Kaiju. I also uh, read... Yahoo jingle, uh, but Kaiju instead of Yahoo. But (laughs) Do we need that on our soundboard? Yeah. Yeah. Kaiju. I also read, as I'm sure everyone in this room did... Ultimate Invasion? Yeah. Let's get into it. Anybody? Let's get into it beyond its... uh, First, let's talk about its $9 price point. I bought this digitally, was very upset to spend $9 and just let it uh, disappear into the air for digital content. I I mean, it was a big... It's a big book. Mm -hmm. There's no ads. Double-sized, yep. I kind of didn't... I like process material. In, in the back of books. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, Brian Hitch did the art. So, like, if you're going to get somebody to have some back material, that's a good person to have. But, right. like, in the digital copy, the back material was just like, here are some pictures of sketches. Yep. Yeah. That's all that was in the printed, too. Yep. Okay. Sometimes the digital doesn't have like the same back matter, but I was kind of expecting like a treatise from Jonathan Hickman in the back or something. Because yeah. in the previews for this book, they were like a lot of extra stuff. You're going to have the Hickman graphs. You're going to have- He's saving that shit for gods. Extra yeah. stuff, blah, blah, blah. And there wasn't much in the back. I mean, there there was a uh, epilogue that was kind of like the the fun kicker for this story. Yeah. Where we, I'll, I'll, Let's spoil it. You find it. Well, let's not- We can't spoil it right now because we've got to build up to why. Okay, it's sure. It's awesome. Okay. So- I never, I never said it was awesome. <laughs> the epilogue? Oh, that's <laughs> that <was> fine. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's gonna about to get real <laughs> spicy on this this three hundredth episode, here possibly we're... the last. <laughs> secret, uh, it's not secret invasion. Ultimate invasion. Secret of the use. <laughs> ultimate invasion. Here be makers. Um, 
It is essentially uh, uh, the Ultimate Universe that appeared in 2011. God, way earlier. That, long, it's got to be earlier. Yeah, it's been a long time ago. Early 2000s. Uh, it is. Yeah, maybe it was. It is long. where Miles Morales came from. It is where uh, the Maker, which is like the alternate version of Reed Richards, came from. That it is gone. It's been destroyed in the Ultimates, and so the only people from that universe living here in the 616. Is the maker who is in this like high security jail and Miles Morales who is out dunking on fools and villains. Right. And that all came out of Secret Wars from 2015. Correct. Yeah. How they got into 616. Correct. Correct. What was their number designation for the Ultimate Universe? Does anyone know? It was 1610, right? Oh, so it was like the inverse. It was like 161 instead of 616. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. In any case. We are now led into this uh, story where a team of hired guns are sent to retrieve the Maker and free him. Yeah. Um, the Maker reveals that it's just a ruse, and he like combines their bodies, dude, to make a decoy of himself in the cell. That was so cool. That was pretty fucking wild. Yeah, that was gross. But it's so it's so like. Gets to the heart of who the maker is. Yeah, it was like, gross in a good way. Yeah, mm-hmm. I very were... uh, like um uh, uh 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 fuck the Hulk book uh, that uh, immortal Hulk. immortal Hulk like yeah. it's very grotesque body horror style imagery. Yeah, I did appreciate that they they had some inner dialogue from the maker, or maybe he was monologuing as vi- good villains do, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was like, "I'm gonna be a better person this time around," but. I, I'm going to have to be my old self to get there. Mm-hmm. And that was like his, him rationalizing like an, another few lives on the pile is no yeah. big deal. Yeah. And like as a <laughs> as a stooge, when you hear that, you're like, nah, I'm I, fucking boned. I, <laughs> oh, no. I think it'll be interesting to see like what sort of person he ends up being with the ultimate power mm-hmm. he ends up. Uh, wielding, yes, which which we'll get to, but that's that's something I'm looking forward to as this arc yeah. progresses. Yeah, okay, and so like what kind of person he becomes, or if he's different. So the maker eventually frees himself. He just walks on out, um, and he goes on this kind of scavenger hunt for the ultimate um, power sources on Earth. You get a Krokoan gate, you get like an Atlantean shield, all kinds of like cool fun. Uh, Gadgets and stuff that we we said would be fun backstories. Yeah, because in he, these books, he basically steals like one item from each member of the Illuminati mm-hmm. who reunite in this book. Yes, and he, he he does so basically on purpose. Yeah, to let them know that one, I'm free, and two, I'm fucking out of here. Yeah, <laughs> like you have a little time to catch me, but you're not going to. Yeah, he says at the end he did it all because he just wanted a moment with Reed. Yes, so he could ask him a single question, and it was so righteous because the maker was just to Reed was just like, if you had the chance, would you like make make sure I didn't exist? And Reed was like, yeah, absolutely, which then, was shocking to me. Why so? Because it's Reed Richards. Like, he's supposed to be everything the maker isn't. Yeah, Mm -hmm. right. And I think that's going to be 
an interesting his undoing. Piece. Well, an interesting piece of the commentary that like we were discussing earlier with the maker being like, I'm going to be a better person this time around. Mm-hmm. And is he modeling himself after the decisions that Reed would have made? Yeah. Um, so oh. I, I think I think that specific moment is going to have some comeuppance in this. That's going to be oh, for in, sure. That's going to be interesting. But Reed Richards, as like a man of science, has seen time and time again the maker just do these in- terrible things, yeah, ruin millions of lives. And so in his mind, he has the data. He has all the information he needs. Erasing his existence would probably benefit more than right. not. Right. But. It's too late at the end of this book. Oh, well, yeah, because he has those Atlantean shields, yeah. the Maker does, covering him, and he goes into whatever portal that he cre- has created. He, he's created. Yeah. And then we find out in the epilogue, which is going to tear this group apart, that I, I one can only assume that the Maker is going back to every superhero's origin story and stopping it. Yeah, because he, he goes into the ultimate universe. Because mm-hmm. that, that was like that page. It said whatever 1610 1611 i think yeah whatever it was and he shows up at spider-man's creation Mm -hmm. and stops the spider from biting him yes which is fucking wild which is rad and you didn't like it mike you can say no here we go i don't know it felt like (laughs) i saw an uh a headline that a, one of those places like IGN or Screen Rant wrote, and it was like, Marvel's ultimate invasion um, kills off Spider-Man with a twist. And <laughs> that's clickbait if I've ever heard it. Yeah, I know. Um, it just it seemed very low stakes to me, I guess. I don't know. I think it was supposed to be an oh shit moment. It, it definitely gave me an oh shit moment. Yeah. Because I don't think he killed the spider. Did he kill the spider? No, he saved the spider. He saved it. So okay. that means he's doing something else yeah. with it. Yeah, he's trying to... I, Spider-Man of, team. Well, part of me was thinking he was trying to recreate the world he lost. Right? I I interpreted it as... And in, in the Ultimate Universe, Peter Parker... But a better version of it, right? In the in the Ultimate Universe, Peter Parker ultimately dies, and Miles Morales becomes yes. Spider Man, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, is he just gonna take the spider, go right to Miles Morales in that timeline, and be like, "Bloop! Now you're Spider Man. My universe is starting to come together the way I wanted it to." I I interpreted it as he cr- basically used that device that he had to create this universe, go to it, and since he knows everything that's gonna happen. He's now shaping it in his image. So instead of Peter Parker becoming Spider-Man, maybe Eddie Brock becomes Spider-Man. Or yeah, my thing or is Norman Osborn. Part of me is like, is this is this for better or worse though? Because let's say he gets rid of all the superheroes' powers. Yeah, is he doing everything with? Is he doing the same thing with villains too? Maybe is he just making like peaceful, normal like our Earth? But peaceful, <laughs> or, or <laughs> a world without superpowers, and he's like, but he's still got powers. Yeah, so, he still got powers. So but he could, he could be the ultimate. He's like God. Yeah, the the ultimate God of this universe. Mm-hmm. But that's why you have to buy issue two. Damn you, Marvel. <laughs> okay, so the the ultimate universe is one six one zero. Okay, so I yeah, I was wrong for that one. No, no, no. 
in the epilogue, did we confirm whether or not it was? It says it explicitly takes place in one six. That's what I'm. That's what I'm wondering. Because I don't think it I'm, is. I'm, I don't know if he just went back in time in six one six, or if he's I'm, in a well, different universe. Well, the ultimate universe is gone. Yeah. So he so he can't go back. So there. he can't go back there, right? Unless he created sixty one sixty. Okay, so he's is, in a different universe. Is the universe he went to? So he's trying to yeah, he's trying to recreate his. I, a better I, world that he is going to be I th- in yeah, charge of. Yeah. I think he's he's interrupting all these different superheroes becoming the superheroes. What number was that again? 6160. You know, is he is he going to make sure that Captain America doesn't get the super soldier serum? Is he going to make sure that Black Panther doesn't eat the heart-shaped herb so he doesn't get superpower? You know what I mean? Like, right, yeah. Is he going to do all these things to make sure that he, the heroes of the world don't exist and he's the only one yep. that has power? Is he going to stop the Challenger launch? Is he going to stop 9-11? Head tilt. You guys, the you ultimate guys thing. Stare. I bet he, does he stop? Will he stop the Titanic from sinking? <laughs> Therein. Oh, shut up. Nope. Stop. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> he stopped the orcas from sinking through the, the yachts. That's the highlight of this week. The orcas finally taken back the oceans. <laughs> Nature's... One boat at a time. Nature is on the side of communism. <laughs> Confirmed. Okay, so it looks like Earth 6160 is a brand new reality. Mm-hmm. So yeah, because we were, <laughs> I don't remember seeing universes outside of three digits. They, was was the the original Ultimate had a zero after it? No, it I was, think it was sixteen ten. It was sixteen ten. Yeah, it was one. Oh, sorry, one, yeah, six, one six one zero. zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think I with, didn't, yeah I didn't realize that zero was after it. I always just thought six one six one six one. I think it had a zero. Okay, yeah. but. Uh, I'll say this. I know for sure that, like, the MCU universe in the Marvel Comics universe mm-hmm. is, like, 1999, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Like, it, it has yeah, okay. its own. And all those designations, like, the real world, the world that we're currently in, has its own, like, number designation oh, also. Dude, that's funny. So. That's and, how you get Justin Trudeau in comic books. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Barack Obama. <laughs> <laughs> they can just dip into our universe and pull them over. Um, are, do we think that this book also um, has any connection to Gods, the series that Jonathan Hickman is writing? Because there was a part in there where the maker was talking about he had read his writings. Mm. And I don't know if he was – because he was referring to something of just like the creator of the universe. Yeah. Like he, he had somehow found like a tome or whatever – that like kind of outlined the earth that he was in and all the earths around it. So I don't know if it's gonna be like a fourth wall thing of just like, like he becomes Stanley. a god of this universe and or, then yeah, exactly has, a, has an audience with the other gods because of what he's done in yes one six one zero or six one six zero yeah because yeah. that leads into because he, he just created his own reality yeah with all the tech he stole from six one six yeah so. Yeah, that could be really interesting. Yeah, does he does he come to face to face with the Beyonder and Eternity and Living Tribunal mm-hmm. and One Above All? Mm-hmm. 
Or does he interact with... I get a seat at the table now. Yeah. Or, yeah, does he does he talk to... Stanley. I was going to say... Jack G- Kirby. Jim, one of those new guys from Gods. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tim the science boy. <laughs> yeah. Him. All right. Uh, it, it got me interested, which is exactly I'm what it needed book. to do. I was upset about book. the price. I think the price made me salty about the entire Will the experience. price be the same for the rest of the series? They Holy should go down to normal-sized issues. With ads. With oh, ads. Hell yeah. Give me the M&M and, then and then they'll probably be $5 an issue, I would guess. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that they'll be a buck more expensive than normal Marvel books. Um, here's one thing that happened in that book, and I would like to know if you think this is this happens often enough to be called a trope. Um, oh. The maker had... A series of failed therapists coming to visit him while he was in jail, and he broke their brains because he's so smart that he turned them into like sheep for him. That's what the Joker did. Yeah, I feel like this is a thing that happens a lot with these like uber smart characters, where their mental prowess is so strong Mm -hmm. that they can just like talk someone into a circle and turn them into a zombie. That's what narcissists do all the time. And when you're a narcissist, like it's a like, super-powered narcissist. Yeah. Sure. And yeah. you're like super bendy. Yeah. It's just, I have a hard time, like, well, obviously, they're all superpowers and it's supposed to be goofy. Uh-huh. But just like, when you don't have a, like, telepathic ability to alter someone's brain. Yeah. And your power is just like, be able, being able to talk to someone in such a... Uh, I guess coercive matter mm-hmm. <laughs> that they can be like, I'll do and literally anything for you is like such a bizarre power. It's a tried and true writing technique that authors use when they have a limited amount of pages <laughs> and That's they got to stick yeah. to a story. Yeah. yeah. Cause people can like identify with that kind of rhetoric. There's just like, Oh, he's super smart and he tricked them. Okay. Well, yeah, moving one, on. one of the things I think, I think we had this conversation before the podcast started that Andy the brought... M&M's with toes? <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, that Andy brought up was that a lot of the uh, maker gathering the, mm. I guess, MacGuffins yeah. or um, the maker uh, orchestrating the people coming to like break him out of prison and then turning them into a a glob of people <laughs> like seemed like it could have been stretched out in the like back matter of other issues oh, yeah. as like a lead into this. And that would have been a really fun, yeah, exciting way to like start this book because you'd have teases as like, as to like, Oh, he stole this powerful thing and that mm-hmm. powerful thing. And what is he doing and constructing that we're going to finally get revealed to us in this book? Would have been a little more fun yeah. than just shoving it all into this comic and doing those tropes of like, how did he get people here so quick and break him out of jail? Yeah, because it really was like just four panels of just like the maker showing up places and stealing. I mean, it <laughs> like started a, like a Krokoan gate and all that. In in its defense, it started as like a fun heist and it was like action. Yeah. Immediately. Mm-hmm. And then it was a fun reveal when they get to the maker. But see, I want that. I want the Ocean's Eleven yeah. story of the, yeah. the maker stealing stuff. Yeah. I think it would have been very cool if, like, you know, in, a, in the back of an X Men issue, they had a backup story where 
the maker One of the stole gates the gates. Goes missing, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then yeah. you know, in the in different issues, and then they could have done even like a free comic book day issue where it's the maker talking to one of his therapists. No, see, that yeah. would have been awesome. Yeah, I right? think so. Just random stories of him breaking his <laughs> yeah. therapists. Yeah, and then it launches into this book as like a prequel thing. It's, yeah. Even though it was double-sized, it did so much <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> with the like amount of pages it had. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, there was just a lot going on in it, again, including the $9, that I was like, man, this book... <laughs> is it worth the nine? So I yeah, I was I don't think I was as stoked on it as I could have been. I think it'll end up being a fun series though. Yeah. I mean I it, love Hickman. It felt like Secret Wars twenty fifteen and that book slaps hard. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty stoked for this. Yeah. And yeah, I'll agree with Mike though. Nine dollars was too expensive for this book. For the folks at home, how many issues is this series? Question mark. Okay. 150,000. God damn I it. I think is what they said. I know that there's. Um, Here we go again. <laughs> there's. It's up to like four in previews or something. So yeah. at least four. At least four. Probably a sixer, I would guess. Cool. Um, I read the Archie. Oh, we do, sorry. We're done with uh, Ultimate Invasion? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I read the Archie. Camp uh, thing. Camp Pickens yeah. anthology. Hell yeah. Uh, it had a myriad of authors and uh, illustrators on it. It was basically just like a Crypt Keeper style story of the uh, Archie kids are at summer camp and they're like camp counselors. And each each story goes through different scenarios of like Veronica uh, narrowly avoiding like a Michael Myers character or Jason character through camp. And then uh, uh, like bugs and like giant bugs invading the camp and stuff with Jughead and his troop of dipshits. Um, <laughs> Let me ask you this: Was it funny? Yes, yeah. it was. Okay. It was funny. It wasn't like well, this it was is like fucked up. No, it was like but it was sometimes like the with the Archie horror stuff, it is like yeah, it is like this one's actually supposed to be dark. No, and not it, on the. Nose. It was campy, just like the old Crypt Keeper TV show. Of just okay. like weird, unsettling stuff is happening. There's like definitely a humor angle to it. How are the stories told? Are they like around a campfire? Or is there like a Crypt Keeper style like so, narrator? Well, no. So it starts with like Jughead uh-huh. being like, oh shit, we're at a bug juice, which is actually juice made from bugs that keeps the spirits away. And so like that's how the story starts. And then just like shifts into a story about Betty uh-huh. and then shifts back to Jughead, then shifts to a story about Veronica and like back and forth like that. So there is no... No, there's no Archie like, are you afraid of the dark keeper. thing? Just yeah. like, or like, yeah, everyone's yeah. going around a campfire. Have you heard the story of Veronica? And it's like, no, no, no. So it was very, it was fun. It was not nine dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I I thought about. I was like, we could almost do an episode that's like horror anthologies because the new Jeff Lemire thing. I read that one as well. Came out. What is it? Bone Orchard. Bone Mythos? Orchard Mythos. I might have not pre-ordered it because it sounded like a thing that was like here's another part of an existing thing you don't know about it because is. it is yeah. it is yeah. is bone orchard already well no he's they're building this uh, andy you may know as well they're building this like connected horror universe so that's what i heard but was, is was this book the first issue of the connected horror no universe? so like uh a thousand ten thousand black t- feathers ten thousand black feathers okay and there was one before that too yes um I have it pulled up here, but it, yeah. it's like a connected horror universe. I think this is like the third book. Got it. 
and this might be like the team up book or you know what I mean like where like characters are meeting book. yeah because yeah. Bone Orchard was like that's the the brand if you will okay. of this universe yeah this was very as someone who considers themselves like a pretty big Jeff Lemire fan yeah I was surprisingly confused by like what was happening what yeah. books were involved so it started out with it, it spun it, okay so it's not connected to Gideon Falls but when Jeff Lemire was making this um with Andrea Sorrentino yeah they were just like man it's so easy for us to knock back and forth horror ideas like let's see if we can create this giant shared horror universe and so I think like Passageways was maybe like the first book in the series. No, I'm sorry. Shadow Eater was, which was from the Free Comic Book Day from 2022. And then Passageway, 10,000 Black Feathers was next, followed by Tenement, which was the one we're talking about right now. And then in 2024, oh, okay. uh, a, uh, a book called Star Seed yeah. will be coming out. So I love Gideon Falls. Mm-hmm. And there are. Jeff Lemire books that I think Jeff Lemire writes a couple different types of comics. I'll say, <laughs> yeah, it's either super spooky or super sad. Yeah, and I think I have a harder I have a hard time with some of the sad stuff. Not, but I think it's all great. Yeah, he's a fabulous writer, and he's so good at doing that stuff. He's an ugly crier. Um, but yeah, I'm one of those people who's just like I've dealt with this during my day and I've dealt with that and the last thing I want to do is just like read a heavy hunker down and like read something so heavy and sad that's just going to make me like feel depressed well if if he's drawing it avoid it you know what I mean like <laughs> yeah <laughs> who's ready for some ennui baby yeah yeah, yeah the, like um, underwater welder not so much. Yeah. Well, and I thought, what was, I don't know if that book was called, was it called Maze or something to do with Maze? Maze book. Maze, Maze book. book. Yeah. Like, that was a beautiful book. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, I was just like, I feel hollow after like, yeah. reading uh-huh. it. Trillium. Um, same thing. Trillium. Oh, shit. <laughs> Trillium was so good, though. Um, yeah, they're all good. Um, but I'm, I would be excited for this, but I also kind of feel like, oh, I missed the boat because I didn't pick up on what was happening mm-hmm. and now I'm like four or five Jeff Lemire horror minis behind. It kind of to me has the same feel as like Mike Mignola's BPRD. You just kind of pick up. Uh, I'm just like yeah. just hop in. Yeah. Like it's 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 accessible. Like just catch the vibe when you're in here. Mm-hmm. It's just spooky all around. And like I think it's just enriching and not, you know, alienating if you read all the books, it's just like a bonus. But like, if you just read one uh, or one or the other, you're going to be just fine either way. So it kind of sounds like Silver Coin. I hope that comic comes back. Silver Coin. Yeah. yeah. Who was it? Was it Mike Walsh? Is mm-hmm. the artist? Yeah. Matt Walsh. Matt Walsh. Yeah. I hope. I think he took a hiatus just because he was like doing a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Well, he was the guy behind that book. Yeah, he was the artist. Yeah. Yes, but he, he he was the continuity link. He would write a he wrote a couple. Yeah, and then did the art for every single issue. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he brought on writers. I think that's such yeah. a fun way to do those anthology style things. Is just have yeah. like a Kelly Thompson, a Al Ewing, whoever hops in for it. Yeah, they were really fun. Um, I really want to see that. 
book come back. Sorry, yeah. I interrupted you. No, that it seems the Bone Orchard Mythos stuff seems like that. Yeah. But instead of single issues, it's just miniseries. Yeah. So you can hop in and read Tenement without necessarily knowing what 10,000 Black Feathers is. Yep. But if you do read them, you'll probably get like, oh, a hey, a bonus that, stuff. That cop showed up in this other story, yeah. that kind uh-huh. of stuff. Yep. Yeah. So it was cool. Uh, like, like we talked about, Jeff Lemire is a, certainly a, a vibe. And yeah, if you know which vibe you're going into, you you should be able to uh, navigate the book for sure. What'd you read, Mike? Other than Ultimate Vision, nothing. Oh, I've been playing <laughs> Zelda, trying to get different outfits. Hell yeah, dog! You know what's so funny to me about that is, <laughs> like, everyone online seems like so driven by the clothes. Yes. <laughs> And it's just like all these people who are just like, mm, how can I dress my little guy up? Yeah. I love that. It's, it's either a... that or making a fucking Gundam <laughs> True. out of all the stuff you can True. sync up. Yeah. It makes me, um, I feel like they did such a good job with the design for the game and um, making puzzling this, solve, solving the puzzles not so singular. Um, but at the same time, they did it so well that it's like, no, you can't take this away. Yeah. Yep. Like the next Zelda game has to let you build or manipulate whatever the items are mm-hmm. or people are going to be like this sucks in comparison <laughs> too hard to the last thing. It yep. was almost like too great of a leap. Yep. That now they're in a corner here. That's yeah. what I've heard. I'm really interested to be like this is I'd... the last Zelda game. <laughs> yeah, I mean like maybe um I'd also be like Link got hit in the head and doesn't I, know how to do any of this shit anymore. I was so impressed by the fact that, like, the map is more or less the same. Obviously, they've added stuff, like, above in the sky and below in, like, caves and things, which has been really fun um, and, like, new shit to explore. But I was really surprised how much it was just, like, it's fun to revisit these places and it doesn't really matter yeah. that the map is for the large part, the same. It was mm-hmm. it was kind of a good experience with it being the same and kind of familiar. Um, but I was like, the next is the next one the exact same mechanics, but this time you've changed the map? Hell yeah. And there's more like um, sea in the next one instead of so much land. Dude, like Wind Waker, but with... Well, yeah, it's like the Hell next yeah. one you just like add an ocean onto the side. And... Yeah, so you just added like Sea of Thieves with Zelda. Right. And that's like a million dollar idea. Or, or yep. they could go back to doing the like, like this one is like um, sky, earth, blow earth. Heart, wind, fire. Is the <laughs> is the next one. Yeah, does the next one have a different theme to it that instead of like the levels of earth, it's like a through time thing again. They go back to like an Ocaron of time thing. Ooh, nice. Or link to the past and he's going like, he starts in present day and then he goes back to the past and then he goes into the future and you yeah. see the map change over time so i i don't know i'm interested to see what they do with the damn thing i have not had a chance to play it yet and i'm super jealous yeah of everybody because i just bought a house yep so you know not a lot of extra cash floating around right now i am more backed up on comics than i've ever been because of zelda because of zelda sure all my so much of my spare time traditionally goes to <laughs> like crushing comic books yeah and now it's just crushing zelda and i've logged well over 100 hours in this game already hell yeah brother and 
I have an entire box of comics from this past month that I haven't touched. And my <laughs> next my next my box of the following month's comics arrives tomorrow. Ooh. So I am about I have about 120 comics I haven't read. Ooh, that's a lot. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be tough. Yeah. But at least they're bagged and boarded and I can pre-organize them and have yeah. them like ready to go. All right. Well, I <laughs> am very excited to get you guys into my back issues at some point. Whoa, hey, I'm a married man. <laughs> we'll have to have some some comic book flipping time. Yeah, do you have do house. you have everything like very like super organized or do you need an assist? So I've got stuff about half alphabetized. Yeah. Cuz I had it I had my entire collection alphabetized. And then I kind of ran out of room, so I had to start stacking stuff. Yeah. And that's when it's like... Well, you need to pick your movie franchise, because I have Fast and Furious. Oh, yeah. When you guys come over. Well, we should do Bond, right? Yes. Oh, Bond would be great. <laughs> that's a good one to do. Yeah. And uh, Mike Russo and I did Hellraiser. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Which is nuts. <laughs> the new one was... I I enjoyed. I thought it was fun. Yeah, it was better than a lot of the Hellraiser, uh, the other Hellraiser. Movies. Yeah, yeah. I and I also like. I kind of liked that they gave that. Like every movie has given them some sort of origin that's like, oh, that's different than the last movie though, or yeah. like these don't really track anymore. And this one gave them an origin that was like completely like out of this world different than any other one they've done so far and it was my favorite out of like them trying to explain what the hellraisers are yeah i agree <laughs> i didn't like the one where pinhead was like a nazi officer or whatever <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was the one where he like became separated from like his demon form yeah and, like, yeah what was that like the fourth like or he, fifth yeah. one? Like he came onto Earth and had to get a real job. Dude, they're all trash. Those it's, movies are trash. Yeah, it's like the first one's like really interesting because you can just tell like someone's trying to do something new, different, and weird. Yeah, and it has a it has a charm to it, like uh, special effects wise. You don't think so? I ha hate the Hellraiser movies. <laughs> I think the first one's like a really fun watch. And then two through like six are god awful, irredeemable movies. Correct. But they're you just kinda you kinda get a kick out of watching them because they're so bad. Yeah, don't get me yeah. wrong. I've seen all of them. Yeah. <laughs> they're really it's there are um I think it's maybe three is like unwatchable. There's like yeah. there's one that's like where uh they there's like an obelisk or something that's like eating people. It's just such a departure from what make made Hellraiser great. Mm -hmm. The one where the guy like had the CDs in his head. That was the one that I couldn't. <laughs> they had a whole demon where his yeah. his bit was that he had CDs in his head and he uh, shot them at people. Yeah, oh, really wow. stupid. <laughs> Hold on, let me put this on shuffle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shooting AOL internet just at people. <laughs> free trial, free trial, free trial. Uh, Adam Scott is in like the second or third one. He's like really young. But yeah, that and doesn't surprise me. It's like his his role is so bad, and I'm like, man, he must be like 
so bummed that he was in this. Uh, I'm sure he still cashes the checks. <laughs> well, believe me, there are not many residuals yeah. coming from that movie. Don't be so sure. <laughs> do Do we have time to talk about one more comic? Sure. Yeah, it's 300. I say we we go over an hour a little yeah. to celebrate. Let's, yeah. Let's indulge. <laughs> Summer. So the other book that I read was Philip Kennedy Johnson's Hulk number one. Okay. Let me say something before we get into the content of the book. Wow, okay. already. This is the worst cover of the year thus far. We're, we're almost to... Uh, yeah, that. The Patrick Gleason variant? Yeah, I think that cover is absolute trash. Wow. Okay. Hot take. For I like it. Hottest take for 300. I prefer, what's that weird Frank Miller cover? <laughs> the Wolverine the cover. Wolverine, the Wolverine one. That's a better cover than this. Why don't you like it? I just think it looks like a... a well, it looks Ju- like a sketch. It looks like a junior high art student did this. And I hate the like weird layered on like clip art looking gamma thing in his eye. The facial expression is just looks like it falls Sylvester in this, Stallone. It falls in this weird, uncanny valley sort of area where like part of it looks like it's supposed to be dialed into like this looks a little real and some of it is just like squished face proportions and um yeah very sketchy it looks like an unfinished doodle to me hot take take that pat yeah i'm normally a uh very like positive person yeah <laughs> i've i've come out Not a little anymore. i've come out a little salty on on this episode but the next 300 you're going to be evil yeah it, episode uh 600. I'll I'll be nice again and then episode yeah. 600 I'll I'll tell you how I really feel about a couple things. Yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> so Mike D's getting the A cover, I guess. Yeah. So cover aside, Andy, how yeah. was this? I loved it. Okay. Um so this kind of goes back to the Hulk as a, or Bruce Banner, I should say, as a uh hitchhiker, you know, let down along and lonesome road. Um and the Hulk is desperately trying to get out Mm -hmm. so that he can, you know, put Banner in his place, that kind of thing. So is is this a continuation from the Donny Cates, Ryan Otley run? That kind of sounds like it. I mean, kind of. It's more of a continuation of the the annual that David Pepos did. Yes. um, Where there is also in pursuit of Banner and Hulk are these monsters, monster people, mm-hmm. uh, the head of which is called the eldest, and they're like monsters in disguise or monsters that are like inside of people. <laughs> is that a <laughs> joke? <laughs> monsters in disguise. Let there yeah. be monsters in disguise. <laughs> uh, but they're like pursuing the Hulk for some reason uh, to try and, you know, Turn them court him. Court him. Who knows? Who knows uh, why? Hulk. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Looking good, my man. My lady. <laughs> my sir. But that's the book. I, I presume that Hulk will be fighting these monsters at some point, mm-hmm. uh, which, again, is an awesome setup for a book. Yes. Hulk, Hulk fighting monsters. Hulk fight monsters. 
there are some books that I've been buying for around a decade that I'm like, when's a good time to stop buying them? (laughs) (laughs) And you still get Spider-Man. Interesting. I still get Spider-Man. Spider-Man, I'll never stop buying. It could be garbage and I'll keep buying it. Um, Hulk is one that like, I loved Immortal Hulk so much Mm -hmm. that I almost feel like... Obligated? Well, I felt obligated for the Kate's run yeah. to like continue it. And now I kind of feel like Don't feel bad because Donny Cates didn't even feel even feel obligated to finish that run. True. <laughs> I kind of feel like maybe this is one of those cost saving things for me where I've been buying this for so long mm-hmm. and maybe I dip out, maybe I buy the trades or whatever. And an on sale omni or read it on Unlimited. Yeah. If I want to catch up on it. Not a bad idea. Did you read the annual? No, I have it. I haven't been able to read it yet. You might change your mind. Because oh. I thought the annual was great. Yeah, the concept sounds cool. Yeah. And I'm I'm excited to see because this this gave me vibes of like you guys remember in the Deadpool stuff from forever ago where he was like in Monster City, and he was married to, like, the uh, Dracula's, like, betrothed or whatever, and there were just, like, monsters showing up all the time. Anybody remember that? No. Okay. Well, <laughs> it gave me those kinds of vibes where, where Hulk's going to be, like, interacting more with... That sounds awesome. Yeah, because, like, Man-Thing makes a cameo at the end, and... Oh, shit. Okay. There's all kinds of... I, I think there's going to be more... Marvel monsters than just like Hulk punching faceless, you know, creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm into that. I, I think a lot of these other more heavy hitters are going to show up. Monster heavy hitters, you know. It, I think it'd be cool to have Hulk fight some of those like Jack Kirby mm, kind like, of guys. Uh, Fing Fang Foom or whatever. Yeah, all those dudes, you know. And it came I, from Planet X. I'm hoping that stuff shows up. So Awesome. Incredible Hulk, if you're a Philip K. Nitty Johnson fan. That's the most alluring thing to me. Yeah, he's a great Philip writer. Johnson. That's, that makes this one yep. hard to pass on. Yep. And it, it has the same kind of vibes as his like Alien books, which is mm, nice. Right yeah, where, those are good. where I'm at for me. So, Ooey, baby. Um, hit me one more time. Uh, Hit you for the 300th time. It was, it's been an honor to serve you for 300 episodes for over five years mm-hmm. on First Issue Club. Mm-hmm. Um, or five months in some cases. <laughs> our new hanger on over here. <laughs> taking newest, all the glory. Our newest edition. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks for sticking with us. And we'll have all the links to socials and Patreon. In the outro jingle. Bye-bye. First Issue Club is edited and produced by Mike DeStacy, Greg Lichtig, and Andy Vargas. Follow us on social media at First Issue Club. And check out our Patreon for videos, audio, and more at patreon.com slash first issue club.